Mini-episode 1371 of the FDH Lounge is brought to you by Sportsology, delivering unconventional columns and webcasts about sports, TV, music, movies, and more. Follow them on the web at Sportsology.com. The FDH Lounge. You want to schedule your life around it. A long time ago, on a gloomy, wet Cleveland spring night, two men stand alone amidst the late night drizzle. Their voices echo across the vacant station parking lot as they debate the merits of the great American radio show that have been missing for far too long. On that night, an idea was born. That idea became the FDH Lounge. Welcome to the FDH Lounge. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the FDH Lounge. This is FDH Lounge original dignitary Rick Morris here with my good friend, fellow original dignitary Chris Galloway. And we are going through division by division in the NFL this year. This segment is a preview of the 2021 NFC South for our overall look. If you just happen to find this uh, segment randomly here and you're looking at our overall thoughts for the season, Go back to the first one in this series on the AFC East, where we spent about half of the first segment uh, just kind of breaking down macro-level thoughts for the league. On all the other ones here, we're just focusing on each division, and uh, in terms of what I'm bringing to the table on this, uh, the foundation of that is uh, a feature from Fantasy Football Draftology 2021, available on the main page at fantasydrafthelp.com and the fdhlounge.com. And uh, it is one run-on sentence per team. I have gone through and devised this for each team in the league. So I'm going to give you the four run-on sentences for the NFC South. And then we'll just kind of go through. And uh, Chris and I will talk about any of our remaining thoughts for these teams here. Start with Tampa Bay. Unsurprisingly, they're the team I have listed first here. Complacency is their only foe as the Bucks should rack up a much better record in an NFC significantly more hollowed out than last year. Carolina. Away from the pathetic coaching and overall atmosphere that doomed him in New York, Sam Darnold may have a dark horse chance to drag the Panthers to the playoffs if issues on the offensive line and linebacker don't get in the way. New Orleans, the loss of Drew Brees will lay bare a myriad of disastrous issues defensively and at wide receiver, to say nothing of quarterback, of course. Atlanta, there's nothing wrong with this team that shoring up the offensive and defensive lines, secondary and running back, wouldn't fix. So the NFC South, Chris, many, many years has been a very competitive division and competitive in a good way uh, of where, oh, there's any number of teams that could really rise up. This is a division where teams over the years have a lot of times gone worst to first uh, because it's been that kind of fluidity of uh, teams really pushing each other in the division. Uh, and I think this is the year that we really, really see that start to go the other way because uh, Atlanta's already down and out, and I think New Orleans is about to join them. Yeah, I mean, listen, if you have any doubts about how smart Tom Brady is, his picking the NFC South and going to Tampa was all part of the equation. Right. You know, I honestly don't think he thought he could win a Super Bowl in year one. Um, because that's that's a really tall task even for him. Right. But I think he thought to himself, you know, we get a year under our belt, the roster's short up, um, Breeze is going to retire, the rest of that division is struggling, I'm going to get a lot of wins there, we're going to win a division, and we're going to put ourselves in a position to compete for a Super Bowl in year two. I have no doubt that that's what he was thinking, and, sure. and he's right. 
and, and you're right. That division is, is crumbling before our eyes. Right. Um, I, uh, I actually disagree with you. I, uh, slightly, I do have, um, Atlanta eking out New Orleans. I have New Orleans last. Oh, okay. Wow. I think New Orleans is going to end up being a, potentially a dumpster fire by the end of the year. Okay. Um, and uh, I think that Atlanta, I think they've worked hard to shore up their uh, their uh, their offensive line. Uh, I like their I like their new coach in Smith. I like what he did in Tennessee, and I think he's going to settle down that offense. That defense is still dreadful. Mm-hmm. But I think, I mean, look, look at Matt Ryan. He's old. I get it. But you look at the numbers, even when Atlanta's been terrible. Right. You know, Duke can still get it done. Yes. This yeah, whole idea that, like, somehow, you know, in the offseason they were talking about, well, you know, so they draft the quarterback. And I'm like, look, Matt Ryan's got three or four years left in right. the tank from what I can see. So why would you even, at this point, throw in the towel and start over? Mm-hmm. Uh, they're not there yet. They're not making the playoffs, but I think they're crawling out of the basement. I love the Kyle Pitts draft pick. Right. Um, it sucks that they had to move on from Julio, but you know he was unhappy. He he was a problem in the locker room. He was you know killing them on the on the cap, and that's what they've got a lot of cap problems. Right. Um, so they weren't going to fix it all this year, but I think they've added enough that the offensive line will be will be functional and i think smith will squeeze more juice out of that offense than uh, the previous coaching staff so i'd like them to jump ahead of new orleans who i think as things start to you know go sideways here and there with you know michael thomas and cornerbacks are, are, are not as good as, as they used to be and uh, some of the other issues that they're going to have and, and loss of some depth on that defensive line. I, I, I see New Orleans struggling and then a, a team that becomes mentally uh, feeble and it all just sort of unravels in the second half of the season mm-hmm. and uh, they finish in last place. I think Carolina, good coaching. Um, they're, they're on the rise they don't have enough uh, outside talent, in my opinion. I do think this, the the fresh uh, the fresh uh, location for Sam Darnold is was desperately needed. Um, listen, I, I still think Sam Darnold has talent and ability. Right. I, I don't, you know, I, I don't know is he going to be everything that you and I thought he was going to be in that draft. We thought he was going to be better than he's been. Um, he certainly, I mean, some of that is certainly Gase. I mean, the guy was stuck in a terrible situation. Now he's with a good coach. Now he's with a better franchise that's that's putting together some better talent. I think we're going to see a better Sam Donald. I think they're going to compete. Yep. Um, they're going to be able to run the football. Um, you know, even if McCafferty is um, hurt, which I predict he'll be hurt for at least you know six or seven games again this year. That's his mo. He's not going to stay healthy. Um, they went and drafted Chuba Hubbard, who I loved coming out of Oklahoma State, mm-hmm. and so they've got talent now there. They can run the football. Sam Darnold um, with, a, with with a smarter offensive coach, um, they have a chance to to compete for a playoff spot but i also have them coming up short in the playoff spot and then of course tampa bay um should run away with the division um that roster they brought back the entire roster um 
you're talking about complacency. I hear you, but you know who's not going to be complacent? Brady. That's Tom Brady. Right. He is not going to tolerate complacency out of anybody, or he will rip them a new one, either on the field, in practice, or in the locker room. And he's got the hardware that nobody even can say a peek back at him. He can dress down anyone in that organization if he wants. He's not getting what he wants, and they're just going to have to shut up and do better. Um, that's that's the catbird seat that he's sitting in. And, you know, as loosey-goosey and undisciplined as Bruce Arians is, um, Tom Brady balances that out. And, uh, you know, I, will they get, you know, brilliant performances out of everybody this year? No, and, but I see them as the number two seed. Um, because of the weakness of that division, um, getting in and getting ready to try to uh, you know to compete for a Super Bowl again this year, they're go- they're going to be clearly a, a a team to beat. Now that's it. That you know how it works when you're the Super Bowl champion, right? I mean, everybody gives you their best shot. Everybody does, and so that makes it a little harder. Um, but I still like them to finish off and be the number two seed, um, and 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 to finish strong this year. The one thing, if they have the kind of season I think they're going to have, because just in going through and looking at the division here, just to give you the records, um, I've got New Orleans at six and eleven, Atlanta seven and ten. And by the way, I mean I thought I was the pundit out there most bearish on New Orleans. You you actually are on the other side of me on that, which I find to be amusing. So if anybody's accusing me of undue doom and gloom, I can tell them there's one person who feels more doom and gloom than me. But, uh, There's one guy out there yes. that hates him even more than I do. Oh, yeah. If you if you think I am doom and gloom on the S Saints, let me introduce you to this cat. Uh, I have Carolina at 9-8 as a wild card team, actually, and I have Tampa Bay at 14-3. So to circle back to what I was saying, 14-3, that is the kind of a season much like what Kansas City did a year ago of where, you remember, as they were going through, most of the way it looked like it was too easy for them. And I expect Tampa Bay to have the same kind of a season, where it just everything just has the feel of it being too easy, i.e. unlike much of last regular season. I wonder if there's going to be any thoughts in the back of anybody's heads, probably Brady and Arians, that, you know what, this is how it felt for Kansas City last year, and they didn't bring it home in the end. One wonders if what happened with the Chiefs, uh, you know, and not being ready for the big game, if that's going to, you know, challenge Tampa Bay at all when they are feeling like they're completely on top of the world, as I expect them to feel for most of this season. No, I, I think that's there, and I think that Brady will use that as motivation um, with his teammates. Mm-hmm. Um, that, you know, even on weeks when they win and they win big, he's going to tell them that they're not good enough and they're not playing well enough. Right. And that, and he's going to point to Kansas City and say, that's 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 how they fell apart. You know, we've got to be better. And, and, and listen, and that's why that team will compete all year. It's because of number 12. Um, and, you know, because anybody else behind as quarterback, I would sit here and I would tell you, ah, uh, here comes the, here comes the letdown. You know, right. Here comes the nine and eight season after a Super Bowl win. Because everybody's fat and happy and worrying about contracts and everything else. But I, I'm just telling you, and I'm telling everybody at home, it, Number 12 is not going to let that be a thing. He knows the clock on his career is just about out. He knows it's this year, next year, and that's it. Like, yes. That's it. And he knows it. And, and, and he wants more. He does, you know, He's not satisfied where he's at. He wants another ring. 
because he knows this team is good enough to get back. And he knows that you're, you're not always going to have that. And right. So he's going to push and push and push. Um, I think in some ways for that team, the and, and I would say this will be the, you know, this becomes the, the this becomes their, 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 their pitfall possibly. Is Tom pushed too hard? Does the team become like it's too much of work? Or do they become miserable? Because Tom's driving them too hard, um, and they're feeling their they're feeling their Wheaties and their champions, and they're looking at their rings, and you know, and and do they start to resent a little bit of Tom uh, driving them so hard? That's a possibility, right? Um, but I still like them to win the division. I like them to finish as the number two seed, and, and and obviously for a lot of folks, they will be a favorite to go back to the Super Bowl. Yes. And uh, that will be the case with me, spoiler alert. I will say, I want to circle back, to me, the most interesting team in the division. Because great teams are not always that interesting. Bad teams are not always that interesting. But teams that are in the middle or borderline playoff contenders many times are. To me, the most interesting team in the division is Carolina. I have two things I want to bring up on Carolina before we bring this to a close. One is, I do want to circle back around and give a little bit of a counterpoint to what you said about McCaffrey. I'm not denying he might miss time again this year, but I am telling you this. In a league where since roughly about 05 or so, most teams have gone to a 1 and 1A situation at running back of where the secondary back plays uh, an outsized role. There aren't many guys... In the last 15 years or so, the size and the build of Christian McCaffrey that get the workload that he does. And that's a thing where, and, and you can look at it and say, well, they're smart to squeeze every bit of juice out of him because look at what happens when he's on the field. And you could say that, but I'm going to lay a little bit of the blame for that at the workload that he has. Traditionally, you look at a guy with his build and it's more of a thing of pick your spots than what they do with him. Well, yeah, I won't disagree with what you just said. Um, but all that said, do we think that they are going to avoid the temptation? Now, maybe they do. Maybe with Hubbard, they have a guy that they feel like they can pull back 20% of McCaffrey's snaps sure. um, because they have a better 1A that can do the same types of things. Maybe they feel that way, and, and they'll start to, you know, one of the things that I, you know, why one of the reasons I'm so bullish on, Nick Chubb beyond this next contract is the fact that the Browns have brilliantly left so much on the, on the tire. Yes. You know, because of his injuries in college, he came out of college without that much off the treads. Um, and the Browns now with having hunt have absolutely set him up to be fresh and successful and healthy much longer than a lot of running backs that deteriorate. Um, and, and they maybe Carolina gets smart and says we gotta we gotta avoid the temptation of of using him for everything um, because he's their best player. Right. I mean, there's no doubt that I mean he's so talented. Loved him, loved him, loved him, loved him coming out of out of Stanford. Right. Um, but you know, again, to your point, his size and and the temptation if you're a coach when you have that kind of talent is. How do you go, well, let's get him off the field? Nobody wants to pull him off the field, right? I mean, they just don't want to because that guy can that guy can score a touchdown every time you get him the ball. 
Right. And and that's too tempting for coaches. So it needs to be seen whether or not they pull back on his usage to try to get more length out of him to keep him healthier through the season. Uh, I, that's, but you know, maybe I'm being Debbie Downer when I say he's going to be hurt. You know, I don't mean to be flippant and sort of blame him, but um, you know, his size, his usage, he's. It doesn't seem like he's going to be, get through a season ever fully right. healthy. Right. Um, and, and and I don't have any reason at this point to think that any this year is going to go any different than the past years. Right. And and that's the whole thing too is that it, it ends up being a thing where. You know, you look at it uh, and, you know, the whole thing of, like, we're going to be responsible in how we use Christian McCaffrey, and it's the epitome of the guy that goes out, and yeah, the, the next day he blows everything on hooers and champagne and limos and stuff like that. You know what I mean? Like, there's no sense of living for tomorrow and preserving Christian McCaffrey. It's the opposite of what the Browns are doing, as you were smart to point out. The other thing that I want to say is what gives me... Well, we have the great analogy, right? Yes. I mean, the great analogy is is LeBron. Yes. How many coaches through the years have said, we're going to reduce his minutes? Yes. We're going to, you know, know, we just, we cannot, you know, run him into the ground. We got to make sure he's fresh from playoffs. We got to reduce minutes. And then he turns around every single year and leads the league in minutes. Right. Right. And every coach goes in going, I got to reduce his minutes. But then when he's out there, how do you get him off the floor when you're winning because of him? Right. <laughs> That's the problem for a coach, right? Like, so I have no doubt that they're like, we've got to, we've got to lessen the burden on McCaffrey, and then okay, let's see you do it. Just like LeBron, coaches talked it and could never get themselves, they couldn't get themselves to do it. That was like, uh, I think it was like Game Three of the 2017 NBA Finals. I think LeBron played like 45 minutes, and it was something clownish. Like he, they were like plus 30 when he was out there, and for the three minutes he was not out there, they were like minus 30. <laughs> so yeah, it gets, I mean, yeah. I mean, and you're a coach. What do you do? Right. You know, you know, you shouldn't be putting those minutes on him, but at the same time, you're like, I have to. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. That that team, they had no choice. Uh, Matt Rule is a smarter guy than that, though. So maybe they'll use him better this year, and like you said, they have a little better depth at running back. And the other point I want to make about Carolina is about Matt Rule, and it it gives me a little bit of sense of encouragement. There's other, of course, smart people out there in the universe saying things, and when I saw that uh, Warren Sharp, uh, of course, an expert in in the newly christened field of analytics, uh, that he was out there... Shout out to the Houston coaching staff. That must be athletic analytics. Yes. <laughs> that he he picked Matt Rule to win coach of the year, knowing that he had picked Stefanski a year ago. So this is a guy who goes out on a limb in making his coach of the year uh, picks here. So, uh, And I think I tweeted that at the time when I saw that. There is zero chance that he's right about Matt Rule where Sam Darnold doesn't have a big turnaround year. So this leads me to believe that, uh, again, as a Sam Darnold dead-ender, uh, and I know you are too, that uh, we could very well be right about the guy. Yeah, I think that's a good pick. If you're going to, you know, if you're going to, I don't know what the odds are in Vegas, but if you're going to pick someone for coach of the year, Matt Rule certainly is a guy that, you know, he's going to be in your three or four, you're going to be, you're going to consider wagering. Yeah. Um, uh, because he does seem like he's, He's he's a smart guy and knows how to coach and get the most out of his players. So, um, you know, uh, Sharp's probably right about that. I mean, yeah, he's he's definitely a guy that's going to be competing. 
I think we, I still, you know, in flash back to our AFC East uh, preview, mm-hmm. I think Tua struggles, and that sinks uh, Flores' chances for that in Miami. Mm-hmm. Um, and and so, you know, it's one of those, I think it's one of those things that it, it, I think Stefanski will be in the running again. Right. Um, because I think the Browns will win the division and I think they'll be better than last year. And I think people will say, well, we made him coach of the year last year. Um, and look what he's gone and done again. Now, maybe it's now the, the expectation game and Kent Stefanski can never win it again True. because people will say, well, we expected he's so good. We know he's, you know, it's why LeBron can't win an MVP, right? You know, right. well, we expect him to be the best, you know, well, shouldn't he be MVP every year? Um, so to, I think to your point, Matt Rule could be, and if he is going to be, you know, a top three guy for that, to your point, that means Sam Darnold's having a great year. Absolutely. And can you imagine us sitting here 12 months ago with a scenario of, you know, Kevin Stefanski may never win coach of the year again because there's too much talent on the Browns and he's going to get docked for that. I mean, that is I mean, incredible. we knew there was talent on that team, and I, I was a – Kevin Stefanski truther before he was even our coach. Right. Um, but even I didn't foresee a scenario where he would win coach of the year. You know, rookie coach of the year? Sure. sure. <laughs> uh, coach of the year? Like, right. No, I didn't, even I didn't see that. And I was a Kevin Stefanski homer, you know, fan club pin number one, you know, on that. And so even I didn't see that yeah, that's true. And it, what it's all about is uh, if you can, again, it, it's beating the spread, beating the spread of expectations. Stefanski did that a year ago. Matt Rule has it within him here. If Carolina makes the playoffs, he is going to be one of the finalists for that award, if not the winner, because that's what it's all about, getting a team into the playoffs when you weren't necessarily expected to do so. I mean, if, if if Tampa goes 17-0, and 0, Bruce Arians isn't winning it. But if Carolina makes the playoffs, Matt Rule very well could. Well, another guy that, that the press will keep an eye on is McDermott up in Buffalo. Yes. If they win the division and they win 13 games, he's going to be a guy that's going to get a lot of votes. He might too, but, you know, Buffalo is also in the same position as Cleveland and Baltimore and Kansas City of where it's hard to beat the spread of expectations. So it's going to be a little bit harder. But, yeah, Matt Rule in this division could certainly Atlanta and New Orleans, if they rise up, uh, they, they could be, uh, their coaches could be looking at coach of the year, but we know that ain't going to happen. So again, uh, the NFC South, uh, ain't what it used to be. Even if, uh, Tampa Bay, uh, in the regular season, I think looks like a better team than they were a year ago. So that's our look at the uh, NFC South. Thank you, Chris Galloway, for another great segment here. Thank you, everybody, for tuning in to this mini-episode of the FDH Lounge. Up next, it's the NFC West.